0: You're listening to The Franchise Podcast Network, presented by Lucky Star Casino. KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, entertaining you since 1965. Now, the Road to OKC Softball Show with Ryan Chapman and former Sooner National Champion and current OKC Spark pitcher, Alex DeRocco, on your home for the Sooners, 1077, the franchise.
1: Welcome in. Happy Wednesday night, Oklahoma City. And guess what? We're eight days away. Sooner softball about to fire up once again. And that means it's time for the road to OKC. The road to OKC, which looks a little bit different this year. I've got someone else sitting across from me, which is probably the greatest relief to Nicole Mendez, who doesn't have to deal with me anymore. Shout out to Nicole. Uh, But no, as you heard, big voice guy said it best, but if you uh have been paying attention to A social media, B just that, or C just living under a rock. We got Alex Dorako in the saddle with us this year, this year. Alex, hi, welcome. I'm sorry in advance, but I'm really looking forward to it. This is gonna be a ton of fun.
2: No, me too. I'm so excited and how convenient is it is is it that eight days away and we're making the debut show.
1: I know. It's it's uh it's almost like I wish I could have planned that with you and your number and all that stuff. Uh, Instead, there's the schedule work. So that's how you know. That's how you know Alex was supposed to slot in here. Uh, You know her, of course. Well, the last time that I saw her personally was as Oklahoma was closing out the Women's College World Series against Florida State. But you, of course, franchise listener, you know she didn't go anywhere. She was here all summer long putting it on for the Oklahoma City Spark, doing a great job there. But Alex, for, for maybe any OU softball fans that tuned out right at the end of the World Series or anything like that, uh, what have all have you been up to as far as work with the Spark, you, the first season being, what, a number one overall pick? Like, what, would you, what do you lead? Do you lead with national champion, all-American, number one overall pick? Like, what, what's your preferred method of uh, introduction?
2: Um, I'm not really sure. I guess I go with kind of all of it. Um, Professional softball player is pretty cool just because it's such a new thing. It's up and coming and it's super exciting. Um, It still really hasn't clicked. Um, I'm a national champion anyway. Um, If anyone that doesn't really know, I won the national championship. We won the national championship. Six days later, I played my first pro game um, along just some amazing people. So um, I really kind of, hit the ground running um there really was no stop break or anything like that it was like okay cool we won let's go let's let's uh play with the spark and it was just it was so cool it was so fast um speed honestly um it kind of went by on a flash just reflecting on last last um spring season and then going directly into the summer it all happened really really fast and um I can't believe that within that three month span we played forty games because nuts it was I mean we played three in a row, traveled, which was our off day, and then three in a row again, no matter what the day was, and then you traveled and then three more again. so we really hit the ground running, and it was just kind of like kind of surreal because I'm like, okay, cool, like I just won a national championship, and like usually this is a vacation part, no wrong, Alex, because now, okay, cool i'm playing with. Haley Lee still, which was nice. I'm playing alongside Jocelyn Allo, Keelani Ricketts, Lindsey Elam, um, Donnie Goburn, like some of the most profound names in NCAA, and now they're my teammates, and that was like super cool. I mean, um, I, a year earlier, had taken my official visit to Oklahoma and Jocelyn Allo had just won her last national championship and she was like, hey, let's meet for lunch and let's chat about OU and see what you would like here and stuff. So that going like a full circle, full year, and she's my teammate now, it was like super cool. And um, even now to this day, like we're doing camps um, together, which is awesome too. But um Going back to your hints, trying to reveal who I was for this co-host. We team. had a lot
1: of people that were <laughs> just in left field. They, they were confused. They were. It turns out that when you're playing on the travel ball circuit, you do more than just pitch.
2: Yes, yes. Um, I didn't start pitching until like a later age. But I remember growing up and watching the championships. Um, and Kalani Ricketts was one of the few pitchers that pitched and they hit. And that's why I loved um, Kalani. And it was, it was when... Um, she was against Jackie Traina and that whole that whole thing. And all of my friends loved Alabama and Jackie Trina, but I loved Keelani Ricketts and now I get to play alongside her, which was awesome. They don't
1: like to talk about that around here. I don't I don't know if anyone <laughs> I don't know if anyone told you, but uh I have been not cursed, but I've been thrown uh probably the the worst look I've gotten from Coach Gasso in a press conference was a question of like trying to do, hey, development of like Management of a team, stuff like that. Like it feels like the turning point was that Champ Series against Alabama, and then you came back the next year against Tennessee, and uh-huh. she was just like, "Where is this going? Oh, okay, it's going to good place." Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. that that was like the look that I got. I was like, "Oh God, we're oh, yeah. we're off the road. We're off the road here." Yep. Two quick things. First okay. off, when Jocelyn Allo meets you for recruiting visit, what is the pitch from Jocelyn Allo? Like, what is, what is the Allo pitch? Um.
2: Well, I'm pretty much. It was hey, um, we just won yesterday. How you been? How was the flight over? (laughs) (laughs) Life good? I'm like, my heart is beating out of my chest. Um, Hi, I'm Alex, and it's crazy that you know my name right now.
1: Um, Yeah. What was more nervy, talking with Jocelyn or, like, your first outing at Marina Hines?
2: Ooh. Honestly, probably meeting Joss. Okay. Which is even funny in retrospect now, like, being as, like, as teammates and, like, now doing camps with her and it's so casual and, like, we're friends and all this stuff and we support each other and all these things. So, like, it's so funny, like, looking back, like, I was a kid at a candy shop meeting Jocelyn Allo yeah. when I was 22 years old.
1: <laughs> what it... When Jocelyn Allo says, don't out her if it's, like, a very, like, hole-in-the-wall spot, but, like, what's the Jocelyn Allo, like, hey, I want to grab lunch, we're doing a recruiting visit. Where Where is Jocelyn Allo taking you? Like, well, what's the...
2: I mean, I don't know if she would pick this, but in our, like... Agenda. We went to Valair.
1: Gotcha. Which, okay. Okay.
2: I frequent Valair a lot. Like, I love their pizza. Great spot. Like, I take my family there after games a lot um,
1: during the season and stuff. I, I know of a spot that Jocelyn frequents that uh, is around the corner from my place. And I'm just like, you can't say it out loud because <laughs> there's one spot for great Korean barbecue around here and everyone else buzz off. No, <laughs> it, it's insane. It's insane. So you're back up with the spark again heading into this year, which is gonna be a really unique year, right? Because last year, the WPF experienced this year, the spark going independent, which is going to be a really exciting year. I, I thought that. Um, just watching you guys do your thing, it was like a rousing success in mm-hmm. year one mm-hmm. um, with everything out, both splitting time at UCO and then at Hall of Fame and, and all that. But how juiced are you for how different this next Spark season is going to be as the organization as a whole gets to spread its wings a little bit and kind of plant its flag as saying, we are now pushing what pro softball, pushing that forward of like new standards for how we treat the players, mm-hmm. uh, how everything goes.
2: Yeah, no, Um. Super excited that we kind of made that kind of adjustment along with, like, um, WPF and what came up with all of that. And, um, like I said, 40 games in however many days was crazy. There was travel. So I'm really excited for this summer. Um, I don't know exactly the amount of games, but to my knowledge, we're pretty much playing majority at hall of fame so that's super exciting we get to expand the uh the fan base there's gonna be more softball not just until june you guys get to have softball in oklahoma city until august which is awesome so just building that and then with olympics back in 2028 now we're gonna host some pretty cool options for some people down in oklahoma city other than just you know you're playing janes. so
1: no it's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun like we We obviously have like a rich Olympic culture with the rowing and everything that goes down at river sport and stuff like that. I'm excited to see it ramp back in because, you know, um, it's been a goal for so many players. I mean, um, Jocelyn's talked about it, having her eyes on 2028 as far as to to get to bridge the gap from some of these just all time great players that we've seen come through just college softball. Right. Right. The the last four or five years. Players that when you start looking at nutrition and, and other sports of how long people are able to extend their careers. They'll be able physically to to be in a spot to compete in 2028. But to make that happen, you've got to have healthy, healthy pro leagues to continue to iron sharpens iron, all that stuff at the highest level. And we've got um, – Athletes Unlimited does a great job, something I couldn't talk about last year because of mm-hmm. reasons. But I think Athletes Unlimited does a great job. AUX does a really great job as well, uh, kind of when they pair that down. Uh, I thought the WPF, the, the competition-wise, I, I really enjoyed it. And, and so – I'm excited that the the spark would be able to kind of have a voice in, in how starting to shape how how the the pro ranks of softball players are going to try and continue to round into shape as as we got eyes on 2028 because uh, Paris sucks. Screw you.
2: <laughs> exactly. Simple as that. So I'm excited. Like there's a lot. of It's in LA, which is awesome. Um, best best softball weather out there yeah
1: i mean, <laughs> I mean well uh, why do you think that uh, oklahoma spends like the first month of the season just camped out
2: <laughs> exactly so i'm just i'm really excited um to be a part of that and and what's even cooler too is now just having you know this area this country like kind of buy in i mean we just saw today it was announced some um big games early games are being um put on ESPN, ESPNU, like that's insane. That's so awesome. I, I put out a tweet today and I was just like reflecting back of when my parents allowed me to stay up late and watch the championship series of the World Series because that was the only time softball was on, on TV. And so like now being a part of OU softball that has grown the sport and being a part of just really good era of softball, like people are wanting it. And it's not just females that are wanting it. It's not just little girls that want to watch softball. It's like grown men are excited about softball and like, are adjusting their schedules according to OU Softball and this kind of atmosphere that is finally getting noticed by the world, and that's super, super exciting. And I I love that, and I'm I'm so happy to be a part of it.
1: Candidly, I've been able to make a career because people are locked into softball. Seriously, (laughs) like like that's something that... Um, four or five years ago. I don't know if that's something you could say, which is, which is really cool. And so we're really excited. Obviously, Alex is here. She'll be here all season long. And we're going to get the same exact coverage. Tons of breaking down OU, tons of stuff from around the country. We've got tons of guests lined up already for uh, the future. But on the other side, we're going to look at this OU team. If you're just tuning in, the roster looks a little bit different. Uh, not like massive, massive portal happenings. I would say it doesn't look as different as maybe the roster coming into last season is... Uh, your team really, really reloaded in the transfer portal. It's kind of more of a traditional, uh, filled some spot in the circle just because of uh, some eligibility, graduation, stuff like that, as well as transfers. But mainly it's you got four freshmen coming in, one field position player in Riley them. So we'll break down all of that as well as uh, kind of a general preview of what the early season schedule is going to look like and how it might look different than as it's uh, looked in years past. But just real quick. Hey, with softball season around the corner, you need to make sure that you have equipment that allows you to perform at your very best, and that equipment is Resilient. Resilient Softball, an Oklahoma-based company that produces innovative, high-quality softball products such as Goldilocks, revolutionary patented glove design that ensures the perfect fit for every player. So if you want to take your game to the next level, buy Resilient Softball gear at Gregory Sporting Goods and More, or visit us online Resilient sfbl.com that's resilient sfbl.com shout out to resilient they were a sponsor last year in early happy to have kids for the ride as well that's alex draco i'm ryan chapman this is thrown okay so you can take a quick break on the other side getting the roster and what that schedule is going to look like coming up here as the Sooners are eight day away we'll be right back on the other side
0: Listening to the Road to OKC Softball Show with Ryan Chapman and former Sooner National Champion and current OKC Spark pitcher Alex Dorocco on your home for the Sooners, 1077, the franchise. Welcome back. This
1: is the Road to OKC, Ryan Chapman alongside. Alex Storocco, who once ate lunch with Jocelyn Allo. Also, she won an Natty, former All-American. Is she forever an All-American? Are you a former All-American? Whatever. it, You get the picture. Alex Storocco was dope. That's why she's <laughs> their one overall pick. Uh, Alex, the roster looks a little bit different than when uh, you last stepped out there. As the Sooners are eight days away. They're headed down to Puerto Vallarta for the Puerto Vallarta Collegiate Challenge. It'll start on February 8th. Not tomorrow, Thursday, but next Thursday. a.m., flow softball operation against Utah Valley. Then Duke, who is a top 8-12 to team, depending on where you look. I use NFCA, but that's just me. Friday, circle back, Washington, 8.30 p.m., the late night game. And then uh, a little outfit called Long Beach State that I know that game will mean a whole lot to Coach Gasso, who is, checks notes, an alum of Long Beach State. Uh, I'll do this just real quick. I do this every single year. Don't be mad that the games are on flow softball before ESPN wanted to put softball on flow went into a bunch of these tournaments and said, we find value in airing softball and baseball and wrestling and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. which is why they bought up all the contracts. Um, They've they've improved. They've improved. They really have tried. Um, Yes. That's one of the good things is that they only go up. Yeah. Because so many people are watching. It means (laughs) that there's more attention on making sure that flow is better I'm not going to pretend like I prefer to watch flow over watching an ESPN broadcast or anything like that, but uh, don't get mad at flow because they invested for ESPN. That, that's always my thing. Um, and here's the good news too. All those games will air uh, here on the franchise or on the franchise too. So if you're upset at the commentators, don't worry about it. Just flip on plank and uh, you know, the drill, you know, the drill. And then all that is better for me. Cause I text plank and bug him. And he's like, please leave me alone during <laughs> the broadcast, but I'm bored. so, uh, things look a little bit different. We'll kind of dive into kind of the construction of the schedule here in a second, Alex, this is a bit different than what um, Coach Gasso has done. But uh, some big outgoings that Oklahoma's going to have to replace. Just here's the list of players that the Sooners had last year that they won't have this year. Graduation, Grace Lyons, obviously, that's going to be a massive, massive question, probably for the first month and a half of the season, is who slots in at shortstop. Obviously, the pop of Haley Lee, Always reliable. Grace Green coming in. She was just someone that an incredible human as far as the different roles that she adjusted to, but someone that Patty Gasso knew if she needed some power, she could roll in there off of the bench. Uh, Then a couple of transfers, obviously the notable one, Jordy Ball. We know it. We don't have to get into it. She's at Nebraska. Jocelyn Erickson headed out to Florida, I believe, if my brain is correct. Sophia Nugent, she went over to Tennessee and then, uh, Starraco Alex. I don't know who this scrub was, but she is no <laughs> longer with it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, the coaching staff reloaded in the portal as well. A lot of their work was done in the pitching staff specifically. and yeah. Peyton Monticelli, Monticelli, Monticelli.
2: I think it's Monticelli.
1: Monticelli. Okay, I haven't. I haven't got the official pronunciation guide. I've asked a couple of people, and I've gotten like two different responses. And I was like, <laughs> "Well, that's super helpful." But um, she came in from Wisconsin. I think the the way that I remember it is that. Jordy was going to have two years of eligibility left. Peyton's going to have two years of eligibility left. That's kind of like a like for like as far as constructing your roster. <laughs> and then Carly Keeney, who was excellent at Liberty, a Liberty team that pushed you guys obviously out of the Mark Campbell.
2: Yes. Initially, that was uh-huh. the first weekend.
1: That was the Jordy walk off like on a bunt,
2: basically. Overthrow.
1: Overthrow. Yes. Um, in the eighth.
2: Yeah. Jordy was the, the like, pinch runner. Pinch yeah. Runner. Yep. I, mm-hmm. Crazy. Crazy
1: if you want to send coach Gasso for a loop, ask her about the ghost runner on second, the <laughs> international base runner. She hates it. She hates it. Uh, so interesting bit about um, Keeney coming in. We didn't actually get to see her pitch in fall ball as um, she was out. I think coach said it was a uh, hand something. Um, remember kids always give a hundred percent effort, no matter what you're doing in practice and it will pay off in the end, but we didn't get to see her pitch. So didn't get to see any of Carly Keeney and then, the other marquee transfer, kerfuffle, whatever you want to call it, Kelly Maxwell comes in. Oklahoma fans know her, uh, obviously, as it's the Bedlam transfer. She slides on in. Uh, Oklahoma also picked up a utility player, catcher mostly, going to be some cover for Kinsey Hanson and Riley Ludlam. But she, uh, Ludlam, came in and had some pop in yeah. fall. Someone that Coach labeled as like super, super raw coming in. And then four freshmen Nellie McEnroe Marinas, Ella Parker, Maya Bland, and Castie Pickering. So, I. Uh, Alex, we kind of talked about it. Your class coming in had a lot of transfers between, and and transfers like at different parts of their career. You and Haley Lee came in kind of for a one last ride situation. You had Sid Sanders who came in, who was just coming in hot off of a big, big, big year as a freshman. freshman. Yeah, Yeah, you had Alina Torres who was kind of midway through her career also coming in. Mm -hmm. Um, What's kind of some of those transfers going through as far as the mindset of you're coming into a team, that has just won a national championship. Mm-hmm. That has just stacked national championships, right. right? And now suddenly you're thrown straight into the mix of month off, and then you're into fall ball and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, well, what what is that like? Is you're uprooting life, trying to get acclimated to a new team? And oh, by the way, welcome to Oklahoma. You better win every game or <laughs> people are pissed.
2: Yeah, Um, I don't know. It was it's kind of such a whirlwind right at first, and. I think the biggest thing for me was, like, how exciting, like, practices were and just, like, how excellence was 100% of the time and no one took, you know, a rep off, which is, like, super exciting because, you know, as fans, like, what you're seeing in the game is what they produce 100% of the time. And and I think that's super cool, but it also takes some adjustment as well. Um, As well as um, what kind of got to me was the lifting schedule. Um, I mean there's a reason why we hit so many home runs and we just have so much power. Um, and it's for sure the stuff that we do in the weight room. And, um, I know they just put out, Oh, you saw, just put out a, a thing with Kinsey Hanson, which was pretty awesome and spot on if I might say myself. Um, and so like getting used to that, um, was kind of the adjustment, but also as a pitcher, you talk about three pitchers that it transferred in, um, also in fall we scrimmaged all the time and not only are you just scrimmaging at practice but it's getting broadcasted um, that you are just giving up some tanks here and there. So um, that was adjustment too because you go from being the best at where you were and you're so good and all these things and then you come here and you kind of get humbled every day and there's not a day off. You get humbled and and you learn so much about yourself um, within the mound Um, but as like practice goes on because of just the adjustments, um, on the field, off the field, um, in between the ears, I think is a really, really big one. Um, that is like, for me, that took a lot too. um, just that kind of confidence level and just, yeah, I do belong here. I think that's a really big adjustment at times too.
1: Well, that was something I was always fascinated by. I asked Hope Troutwine when she had first come in as far as Hope wasn't it, Situations. She was by far the ace at North Texas, mm-hmm. but obviously you're stepping up and playing a little bit different competition, just even rolling through the Big 12, regardless if you're Oklahoma or not. You didn't have that kind of transition because you're in the Big 10, but right. stepping in from a spot of not just being the ace, but being in a spot where uh, you were an ace that was putting some gaudy inning counts up across the season, like your poor shoulder and just <laughs> everything of about Like, and, and so going from that to facing the best lineup you'll see ever, every single day. Like, how big of a mental tax is that? Because it's one, it's not any easier, unlike a Nicole May. Mm-hmm. But Nicole May has faced that kind of lineup from freshman year to right. sophomore year as a junior. She knows what that, that's all she right. knows right. in right. practice. Right. That's not all you knew. Or right. all Hope notes or all Kelly knows, uh, coming from Oklahoma State or Carly or Peyton. Like, well, what's that adjustment like?
2: yeah um I think that's the hardest part is also knowing that your path has been is different than what the girls around you um have been like nicole that's all she knows um even like even non pitchers i mean that's all they know these kinds of practices and how good these practices are that's all they know so like I feel like at sometimes it's just like hard to really kind of keep your feet grounded at times because you're like you just kind of like want to Sit back and watch at times because it's like, wow, like this is what I'm a part of now. Um, so then, but I also think that the OU like core really does such a good job. I mean, this is the third transfer class now, they do such a good job. I know I felt so welcomed right off the bat, and they do so good at you know be, making a team out of everything. Um, they really, they really get all the spices in the kitchen, they really do, and so, um they they make you feel a part of the team. They make you they make it known that you belong here, and there's a reason why you're here, and there's a reason why Coach Gasso, Gasso brought you here to Norman. Um, and I think that's super special, and you don't get everywhere. Um, and so I think that um, makes OU softball and the program and, and the culture so rare is because that's hard to find, truthfully, um, especially in this day and age and, and how NIL affects locker rooms at times. And I think um, that makes a world of difference. Um, but, yeah.
1: It'll be interesting this year. It's going to be a little bit different. I feel like you guys last year went through a lot of, first off, um, Kinsey was a little banged up to start the year. So Haley and Kinsey platooned a little bit more behind the plate. Or Haley and Sophia actually platooned the first three weekends, two weekends, plus then working Kinsey back in. One of those things. It, it was what? Two, Mark three. Campbell, then Getterman, then Mary Nutter. So yeah, Kinsey came back for the Mary Nutter. Nutter.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And so you had that, working Sydney Satyrs in at first base, trying to figure out where you wanted to play Lena Torres. Alyssa Brito was coming in from where she had played a ton of left field back mm-hmm. into the infield, but she had played short a ton at Oregon, sliding over to third, all that stuff. This year, it feels like, at least coming into it, Kinsey pretty settled in at catcher. Obviously, Riley Ledlam will know when she's platooning in to, to give Kinsey's just legs some rest. Right, Sydney Sanders, the way that she came on, just absolutely like a house of fire at the end of the year. Yeah. That's your first baseman. You're good there. Uh, Jada Coleman, this is going to shock everyone. I'm going to break this <laughs> news. She's going to play in center field and she's going to be <laughs> awesome at it. You're going to have Booney probably out in left, and then the the really interesting questions of. Do you slide Tiare around to shore or do you keep her at second where she's played her entire career? Does Brito bump back over to shore as she had some experience at Oregon? Do you bring in um, like an Avery Hodge? Is that something that you roll out there and leave Alina Torres out and right? Like it feels like there's like, we know a bunch of the names are going to be on the lineup, but a lot of the shuffling is probably going to be around the infield. And then, The pitchers, good luck, Coach Rocha, because figuring out splitting those innings, have fun. I I don't know how she's going to do that.
2: Me neither. Um, I think that's what makes, you know, it kind of fun. I mean, I think going back to last year, I don't think that there was a single repeated lineup whether that came like um, in order of the batting um, and everything, which is kind of cool. Like, there's no set, there's no set lineup, which is kind of cool and just. Um, reflecting on that, but, like, how do you move an All-American second baseman or an All-American third baseman or, you know, like, out of their true position and really test them and see who's who's going to fill Grace Lyon's um, footsteps. And I think that's going to be probably one of the biggest um, questions of this first opening weekend that we're going to have in a couple days. And um, I think that's just really exciting. I think that's getting, like, the dust stirred around softball season, especially for Oklahoma. Um, so that's really fun but coach Rocha I mean she can't go wrong in my opinion she really can't like she's got everything that you want in your in your toolbox like she's got she's got you know the experience she's got the the freshmen the the younger of of the group and um there's so many different combos that you can do but I think that's what um you know you're going to see you're going to see a lot of different combinations when it comes to the lineup this year and I really think that they can't go wrong.
1: Well, there's another element, too, that last year's team didn't really pick up until the Bedlam series, which is as Kirsten Deal came on and she just stayed in there was a rock star across um, the end of that big comeback that you guys had. That was really the first time that it felt like Coach Gasso and Coach Rocha were like, yeah, she can handle the big spot. Don't worry about it, which gave the righty lefty uh, of something that Patty Gasso is known for is throwing not just lefties out there, but having dominant lefties. Now this year, Kelly Maxwell and Kirsten deal. Then you flip over it. You've got that from the left side. You've got Keeney. You've got Nicole May, obviously uh, you've got Peyton. Like she's going to be able to platoon pretty much however she wants. And it's going to be something different. Coach Gasso's talked a lot the last two or three years about how softball has moved a little bit closer to what you see of baseball. If you can have a starter, you can literally have a middle reliever. You can have a closer, Um, Oklahoma did a lot of work with Paige Lowry as as kind of, I I feel like that was Patty Gasso's introduction to like, what is it like to have a closer who can just come in and just absolutely gas it up and, and throw 70 and stuff like that. And so I'm interested to see what that looks like just because not only do you have so many different ways you can attack lefty, righty, the way that Nicole May pitches as far as just going after people can be a little bit different than how Kelly Maxwell attacks people, which is a lot different than if you want to slow the pace way down, Kirsten Deal very effective but she certainly <laughs> is sure that she is uh every movement is happening at her pace and stuff like that like it's gonna be really interesting to see how um if that is something that they move to because it's a way to kind of uh not only split the innings up early but but continue to keep everyone engaged every day or if it just settles into uh the fact that you have two of the best pitchers in the country just full stop and nicole may and kelly maxwell they can go seven innings
0: and be fine
2: yeah no i think and i think that's what's going to make them be so good. I mean, a team doesn't know what's coming at them, truthfully. I mean, you got seven to choose from, and I think that's that's crazy. And so um, you could pull the what Texas Tech pulled last year on us, you know, a, a pitcher every two innings, or um, you, you can have the experience go all full, uh, full seven. So I think, you know, things like that, um, you really just can't go wrong, truthfully. It's going to be
1: fun to watch, and it's actually going to look a little bit different as far as the schedule, the way it plays out this year. Sooner start out at Puerto Vallarta. Um, the Mark Campbell not on the schedule this year, the last two years. Is that event happening this year? I, I looked. I was trying to like look around. I don't know if it is, but Oklahoma obviously um, has a big history with not just Mark Campbell, the Bat Busters organization, so it was always really cool. That's where two years ago, the Oklahoma-UCLA matchup actually happened at Mark Campbell, not at Mary Nutter. Last year at Mark Campbell, you got, what, the Duke and the Utah, or not the Utah, goodness, where did Utah come from? The Duke and Washington the Washington. And
2: Liberty. Yes, in Liberty. Those three games really put.
1: Yeah, I mean, that those were great tests out of the shoot that mm-hmm. uh, OU fans freaked out about because they weren't run rules. I think <laughs> later they're like, oh, no, those are three really good teams. Yeah. Um, then you had the, the trip to Baylor and the Mary Nutter. This year, you've got Puerto Vallarta, which has quality teams in, in Duke and Washington, um, then headed to the Cowgirl Challenge, which I believe is hosted by McNeese State.
2: Who um, put Washington, like, back to the wall, yeah. which I think yeah. people might forget about. But, like, they had a rowdy little team last year, and I think, like, it was kind of exciting to watch that series because of, you know, who's McNeese State. But, like, that's exciting, and I think that's what fans want. But I'm excited about that well, series. And
1: you, you know this, too. Um, Oklahoma brings the show. Like, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if Oklahoma's playing at Marina which who's not going to be Love's Field. It doesn't matter if you guys are setting single... Single game, regular season attendance records against Texas at Hall of Fame. Or if you're on the road, it's sellouts. Uh, I mean, there's stories of like, um, I think at the tournament you guys went up to with Miami of Ohio and Louisville, that was like the first time they just like sold tickets because they yeah. had to like physically have tickets to figure right. out who's going to be there. It was a
2: madhouse.
1: You talk about the last time Oklahoma was going to roll through Ames last year and just some of the stories of like, uh, people that i know of, like chris plank just trying to get to the field for the prep like it, it it i don't know if people understand that like as rabid as oklahoma fans are about softball when ou softball rolls through it is the biggest show in town for for that and so uh lake charles louisiana is going to be packed out then it's a different Barry nutter schedule this year for oklahoma uh historically a spot where oklahoma gets tested um No UCLA on the schedule. Mm -hmm. You've got Mississippi State, which is a team that Oklahoma has a lot of familiarity with, obviously, um, but is handled. You've got Wisconsin, who's not been chugging along at what you kind of expect. San Diego State is probably the marquee team there, which is not like a knock on San Diego State. They obviously were a team that, uh, if you're watching Super Regional Action last year, you had that. But then Seattle and then Loyola Marymount. And then from there... Um, with the Big 12 schedule, OU loses their bye week in scheduling, which mm-hmm. usually was the Hall of Fame classic. Now mm-hmm. Oklahoma going to be hosting Liberty and Louisiana, who are two really quality programs, in Norman. But it, it looks a little bit different because then after that, the Sooners are straight into Big 12 play with the expanded conference this year.
2: Right. No, I think it'll be um, a lot of good tests, like good quality, because you don't have like... Um, Coach Gasso had you know, the top 20 teams, truthfully, in, in the first 20 games is what it felt like and the, what we were kind of ramping up for. But I feel like with this kind of schedule, you'll be able to test out a lot of those different combinations that we talked about. Um, but I'm also curious on how the girls really kind of develop within that because it's hard to develop as a team if you don't experience a hardship um, in those ways. So I'm excited to see like how they really take this opportunity with this schedule and grow through it. Um, I'm really excited about Mary Nutter. I'm actually going, um, this year and I'm, Congrats. yeah, I'm bringing my dad. I did so. not
1: get that one approved. I was pretty
0: <laughs> bummed.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, uh, surprised my dad, um, with that trip. Um, cause I'm like, sorry, I, I'm not playing softball this spring. You want to come with, <laughs> so I'm excited about that one. Um, but like, I don't know. I feel like you got to, play with these girls gotta play with these this chip on their shoulder. I mean I saw some I started I I've never seen the Star Wars movies. Yeah. I just watched them within oh, the last two weeks.
1: Congrat wait, did you go okay, we have to sidebar. <laughs> what order did you go in? And by movies, did you just do like the OG three and then the prequels that were kind of met or did you like go, no, there's like seven thousand of them. I have to watch every single one of them.
2: So I've watched the first six. Okay. But I feel like I'm going to be very Tested with the way that I, I watched. Them.
1: Oh, you are gonna get judged. Well, oh, for either, sure. Either either way, it doesn't. It like there is no there is a right answer, but you are not gonna please everybody. And
2: I questioned it with how I was told to watch these movies, and well, they were like, well, if you've seen Pitch, Pitch Perfect, it's already ruined for you. And I was like, I am like, oh gosh, I've seen Pitch Perfect a million times, and he, and I am like, I am gonna spoil it. Spoiler alert! But um, Anna Kendrick talks about like, oh, Darth Vader in yeah, German, that's right. my Father. I am like, oh, okay. So I watched one, two, three, four, five, six. That's fine. Yeah,
1: that's fine. I. So going back to my point. No. Yeah. Sorry. Welcome. Welcome to doing a show with me. As <laughs> I'm just like no, no, no. We have to park here for a second. No, for sure. But no. Uh, Star Wars. Mary Nutter.
2: Right. Evil Empire attitude. Yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah. OU softball kind of came off the season with a national championship, but kind of like I don't know. There was a lot of controversy in like how we played and. Um, just our attitudes about stuff, which there's a lot of explanation for all of it, obviously. Um, but I feel like like they gotta buy into it, honestly. Yeah. Like that evil empire, like okay, come shake us if if you if you hate us,
1: you're gonna get everybody's best shot. So you you gotta bring the energy or no. Whether that's with, uh, I mean. I- I know why people knock on it. I'm not going to dive into those reasons because I'm sure my bosses are not going to want me to get political about like the expectations placed upon young women in, in a big spotlight stuff like that, and then college days women stuff like that. Uh, if you're bad at Jada Coleman yelling, you probably should like look within and, and figure out some <laughs> go to therapy, uh, figure that out as opposed to like a badass athlete doing badass things right. and robbing home runs and stuff like that. But it is different. I, I look at this schedule; they're really good teams: Duke, Washington. Um, San Diego State, I think that Liberty and I think that Louisiana are going to be really fun in mm-hmm. Norman. I think back to the 2021 schedule, which due to still kind of coming out of COVID, the non-conference scheduling was not what Patagasso normally would have put together. It was kind of like, a, what are you approved to do? Who can you get on the schedule? Everything was kind of on the fly. Mm-hmm. And that team obviously was incredible, but that's how you end up hitting 5,000 home runs against UTEP on day one. And yeah. I'm sitting there going... What is happening right now? <laughs> what was your guys' reaction when you started seeing? Did you were you guys aware of the scores that were coming out of North, of uh, Oklahoma weekend one back in twenty one when they?
2: I'm pretty sure I got an ESPN alert um, about that day of all of the home runs, and I like truthfully, I'm like, N- there's no way, right? Like, no, this is this is a typo, like, right? Did you tap roll over? What yeah. happened? No, I I remember that because it was a it was a an ESPN alert which is just nuts because first of all I was like, oh cool, like softball's on ESPN alerts and stuff. And then I'm like, there's no way. And then I'm like, okay, like, who are they playing?
1: Yeah. And then you were like, but still
2: But still, it's a home run.
1: They they hit like five home runs before they recorded and out. What is happening? What is yeah. what is going on in El Paso?
2: Yeah. And then I got a taste of it so as soon as I came over and as soon as I came over, so I, I get it now.
1: Yeah, you see it. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Eight days away like we said, two games on day one, Utah Valley and Duke rolling out. We'll dive into a lot more uh, on the other side. I'd like to to get into kind of right now, if you were in the locker room, what the mindset of a team is and, and what are you trying to get out of this last seven days before you actually hit the field? How does that change? How does that shift? All that as well as uh, look, the preseason honors, some of the ranking stuff, they've all rolled in for the Sooners. I know you've got tanks, so you're here. Alex Straco, let's get takes on all the preseason stuff coming in, all that and more. But also, just a reminder hey, shout out to Case Associates for also being a sponsor of the road to OKC here. You can find Case, find home, visit caseusa.com for available apartments in your favorite part of OKC. I live at a case property, it's phenomenal. Uh, absolutely love management, they're, they're incredible. So, caseusa.com to help you out, get the hookup for available apartments in your favorite part of OKC. That's Alex DiRocco. I'm Ryan Chapman. Road to OKC carries on next here on your South Sooner Sports 1077, The Franchise.
0: You're listening to the Road to OKC Softball Show with Ryan Chapman and former Sooner National Champion and current OKC Spark pitcher Alex DiRocco on your home for the Sooners 1077, The Franchise.
1: the show, Road to OKC. We're back. We're going to be rounding into season form just as Oklahoma is here over the next eight days as they march all the way to Puerto Vallarta. Ryan Chapman alongside Alex DiRocco here on the Road to OKC. Alex, this is not a, no stranger to things happen around here, but what I do a lot the last like week and a half, two weeks before the season starts is I go to Softball America and I refresh, I refresh and I go, oh, you have not only do you have a top 25 and a top 100 players, but you also have position previews out the wazoo, which are incredible. Shout out to Softball America. you to my little pitch here. Um, if you're looking for softball coverage nationally, go to Softball America. If you're looking for softball coverage locally, here at the franchise, we got you online. <laughs> we do it better than anybody else. Uh, we, we do a ton of stuff wall to wall. But you got a bunch of that. You've got, so Oklahoma, let's count them. Number one in the big top preseason poll. Number one in the Softball America uh, preseason top 25, number one the D1 softball, preseason top 25, number one in the uh, ESPN.com slash USA softball, unanimous, number one that came out today or yesterday, yesterday I think, uh, NFCA, USA Today, unanimous, Do you, does that filter to you guys at all when, when all that stuff comes rolling in, because I feel like at Oklahoma's a little bit different, you're just like, duh. Yeah, just, I feel like you just won. Like that's the exp- the expectations to win. Like whether you're number one or not. So duh, like one of those things.
2: Right. I feel like it. It really wasn't something that I was like, ooh, I can't wait to for this ranking to come out and like see where we are. Where I feel like at Michigan, it was like, oh boy, where are we at this this week? Like, how did we how did we do? Where I feel like it's a no brainer here, and I, and there's no there's no change.
1: Well, it helps it there's usually change if you win 53 games on the bounce there's not a lot of change i you guys kind of made it a lot easier on everybody else yeah, but yeah. but do, does any of the, like the preseason expectation stuff like like the top 100 it's really popular that comes in and, and stuff like that is that something that players in the locker room like use as motivation or is it just like stupid that we do that to to uh fill some time up until the season starts and it's just totally like Uh, Looney Tunes out like why would anyone lock into a preseason 100 when you're just like battling for your spot in practice type thing
2: I'd have to go with the second one like I feel like it's just a time filler truthfully and that's just my opinion Um, with leading up they're trying to get like the dirt stirred and see you know announce like these softball programs who who they got in that top 100 and stuff but um, I really feel like it's not something too crazy or Within o u, we really focus on um, because it's you're competing and it's the the bubble, and anything yeah. outside the walls of, of of everything just doesn't really matter, and I guess I didn't really notice that I got kind of programmed into it, and I don't know how it happened truthfully, but like it was like, oh yeah, cool, and then you just like keep scrolling, but like it never really like infiltrated if that makes sense like I feel like even that that's how it was with the streak too
1: well that, that's how which I find to be insane because like it's one of those things that so we we knew quickly that like that's the kind of question that Patty Gasso has no interest in talking about right and then she would (laughs) and and coach Gasso's actually one of the few coaches I've ever believed that when she's like oh what is it now I don't know until you guys tell me we've talked to coach long enough that like I I totally believed coach's side of it but I was like not once did anyone just pop up and be like, hey, does anyone realize that we haven't lost in like 25 games or... That was never a
2: conversation though. Yeah. Like I can full-heartedly say like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. You guys, like we haven't lost in this long. Like that was never a conversation. Like I truthfully couldn't tell you, I never remembered how many wins we had after the season concluded, mind you, until like I saw it on a ring. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we won that many. Like that's kind of crazy. And like... Even looking back, I'm like, how did I do that? Because it was so, like, blinders on. And I feel like you hear a lot of the players talk about that, like, blinders on. But I feel like we never talk about, like, this is how we don't look at social media and stuff. And so it's not something that you, like, actively are like, yep, I'm just not going to look at everything because that's hard to do. It's like, yep, I'm not going to look at all the comments. Like, it, it sometimes they just pop up on there. But, um Yeah, preseason is kind of crazy, especially when it's, like, preseason All-American. I feel like also with that, it it just, like, kind of takes away from, like, the All-American award that gets awarded to, like, the best of the best in that position and area. So, I feel like if you're just tossing around preseason All-Americans, it takes away from, like, the actual award. Because, like, what are you getting from that? A headline? That's cool.
1: Something coming in. I will say, one cool thing about the preseason All-American that I... I wish I could sit down and explain to people for postseason when like softball American is a preseason American. They don't have a cap on how many players from one team that they can nominate. That's true. Um, I have never heard of a team running into this before. And I'm not going to ask you to speak on this because I don't want to get into trouble. Thank you. (laughs) There were players for Oklahoma last year that didn't make certain teams because they made other teams. They didn't make certain teams because OU was so good that they had hit the max number of players they could nominate. Yeah, that's a real thing that happened in the Big Twelve Conference. Oklahoma hit the max number of players that they could nominate, like, which is crazy. They couldn't fit everybody in.
2: Among fans, it caused some earthquakes.
1: Yeah, which it's one of those things where um, there's a certain player who um, might torment Texas, and and uh, it absolutely just launches bombs that uh, they might be burrito bombs or something like that. <laughs> that uh, literally made one all-American team and couldn't make Big 12 stuff because literally like there were decisions that had to be made on we have to nominate these players for these awards and these players that like it's, it's an insane process. So that that's the one thing that I wish we could do is if the best 15 players in a conference are from the same team, then all 15 <laughs> of those players should be on the all Big 12 team.
2: Right. And you just can't make rules because it's this era, I guess. Well, and
1: know? and for pitchers too, you guys deal with this as well. Um, and you can't speak on this, Uh, there are still inning caps that are outdated for how the current era of pitching works. So um, Hope Trotwine for a really, really long time a year ago um, was not tracking if she was not going to have enough innings. Seriously, like she was not going to be eligible for certain awards because she didn't have enough innings pitched, despite the fact that if you're on a team with three or four pitchers that can go, you're not going to hit 100 innings or the percentage of innings you ran into this, that you were not going to be eligible for certain stuff because when your team is run ruling people, you get innings taken away from you and the percentage of innings and Patty Gasso is trying to prepare her team for June to make sure that Kirsten Deal is ready to pitch. Um, th- I these never in- thought about that before. These inning caps have to change.
2: I never, I didn't know that there was an inning cap, not a, not just like an inning cap, there's like a percentage too yeah. that can be calculated. And either or, yeah. Right. I had no idea that existed because, mind you, a season before I was throwing 200 innings, not even a question. Yeah. And that was just my senior year. And then I think I barely kept 100 by the end of it, which, for one, that's why I came to OU. I wanted a staff. I wanted to be able to be plugged in wherever, whenever. And never in my mind did I ever think, like, oh, yeah, like, I might have to sacrifice this which um national championship i think that cancels out it'll be okay it'll be okay but it still sucks like you should for sure and like there's so much like hard work that goes into it practice hours game innings literally that go into that and then i think um those awards are special and what people work up to and i think i i genuinely was jaw to the floor when i knew of the rule i didn't even know the rule
1: yeah it's it's a weird quirk that um I track, obviously, because it's it's something that I have to then convey of like, why is so and so not on this list? Well, we can reverse engineer this. Here is the inning cap. (laughs) And it was set, in my opinion, arbitrarily, like in a different era of softball. It it ropes back into what we talked about earlier, as now you have more pitchers, more staffs there. There's not one single team in the country that's going to get across the finish line just riding one pitcher anymore because of. A, the resources that have been poured into softball as far as video scouting, stats, uh, everything that you have there, it, advanced analytics, things like that, which uh, we can just nerd out with JT Gasso forever oh, absolutely. Uh, about advanced stats. Which we'll do every Tuesday at 8.20 <laughs> on the Franchise Morning Show. You should tune in. Um, but also, just the wear and tear, the the physical toll it takes, and Patty Gasso talks about this a lot when uh, she basically rode Paige Parker to a national championship. And she's like, I'm not doing that ever again. That's when you start to see her build staffs. One of the options of that is now, as you have like this staff here, there, there's a very rare possibility that Oklahoma could have the best staff in the country. And that if Nicole May, Kelly Maxwell, Kirsten Deal, Carly Keeney, and Peyton are all contributing, or SJ Geerin, if they're all contributing, no one could get to 100 innings and Oklahoma could have like the best staff in the country that's ever pitched and not have a single All-American because of arbitrary caps. So if I I could just make one change (laughs) from my side of things, it would be that. There's a lot of gameplay changes, stuff like that, that would be super helpful. You will have way more knowledge on that. I'll just say from where I sit, it's moronic that we still do that and we should change that so that the athletes who put in the work could actually be honored for their excellence. That that would be my, I, I think that we could all get behind that maybe.
2: I love that consideration. I appreciate that.
1: We try. We do try. <laughs> we do try. Alex, we just got a little bit of time left, but fr- from the whole team perspective here, eight days out, what are the conversations going on in the locker room? What, what, it, what is kind of being ironed out right now? There's a lot of work that gets done through the first couple of weekends, especially for a team, as we just talked about this, we figuring out, Hitting in different spots in the lineup, plugging and playing different players across the, the lineup, all that stuff. But just overall from from a you know, ten thousand foot view as a team, what what's kind of the message? What's the mindset of a team this close to the season, but still a, a week away before you're you're grinding uh, out in real games?
2: Right. Um I think a big one was just like being able to take it all in. Um that's a big one and just being able to appreciate the crowds that do come because it's actually kind of crazy that you see, you pull up and you see the lines and it's like, whoa, it's this serious. That's kind of cool. And you're a part of it. Um, And just like being allowed to be excited. I feel like sometimes like, you think like, oh, we're a week away. We're going we're gonna to get super serious and, and we can't make mistakes and all this stuff. And it's like, no, you're good. Like, stay excited, like be free. And like, that's when the best softball is played is when you're able to, you know, be free and just kind of relax into it, which, I mean, everyone has that excitement kind of nerve. I wouldn't say it's like nervous, but it's like the excitement adrenaline that really pumps um, through you just to, just to give you that extra little oomph that maybe is not needed um in between the lines and stuff. Who uh, leads
1: that? Is that does that come from coach Gasso? Is that like the the seniors on the team that are that have kind of been there before or not? Like not that you were wide-eyed and didn't know what to expect, but it it's different, right? It, it it's even been different for uh, maybe the Oklahoma players who who were like Kenzie Hansen who had a little smidge of a season before the world shut down and then re-racked her freshman year Mm -hmm. um, when when things started back up. Like, I'm sure that Kinsey probably has some perspective on, like, this is what crowds were like before. Mm -hmm. And then the OU softball phenomenon really took off in in 2021 and on. And and is that something that Coach Gasso sits in? Because when she talks to us, she says that she's telling you guys, like, for the Texas game at Hall of Fame last year, that she wanted everyone to stop and go, like, I literally started coaching here and Oklahoma was playing at Reeves Park, and now we've packed damn near 10,000 people into a stadium for a Friday game, that's not no no trophies being handed at the end of this thing. Is she leading that charge?
2: Um, I think it's a little bit of everyone. It's it's um, Coach Gasso, it's JT, it's Coach Rocha, it's it's those leaders in the locker room. Um, and I think when you have so many people getting you prepared for that moment, it kind of helps you too because it's not just like oh, this one person is the only one that's experienced it. It's like nope, everyone's experienced it. They're preparing you because they know it's going to happen. Um, and just making that game environment also familiar to you even before it happens so like in practice you're gonna you're gonna be prepared you're gonna have speakers loud enough as like the crowd is and i can confirm that one (laughs) um but like especially like pitcher wise too i mean you're literally like there's a circle around you for a reason but like being used to that kind of crowd that noise that that um attention which is what you love as a pitcher too but um getting used to that, um, it takes some time, but like, like I said, when you have everyone preparing for, like preparing you for it, it helps that much more truthfully. Um, so I think that is kind of where the mindset is leading up into this opening weekend. Um, I think it's really cool. I think, um, what the funniest thing too is reflecting and getting ready for opening weekend is like, okay, what are we packing? um, Like, what are we doing? And it's like, nope. Um, So that free time, we're watching film about everything. I think the opening weekends are honestly like some of the hardest because, one, there's a lot of newbies. You don't know what you're doing, but there's also not just one team that you're playing all weekend. You're playing four or five teams in a weekend, and you got to prepare for every one of those teams and every 20 of those hitters um, in that lineup and what each hitter does as a defense and stuff. And so when you buy into every detail and – I know you guys talk about it with JT um, weekly and stuff. There's there's a reason behind the madness of OU softball and 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 what makes them so good. And so there's there's so much preparation that goes into it. So
1: I just remember going back. Um, the open practice you get the Women's College World Series is always a lot of fun because we don't get to see you guys a whole lot outside of games, which is fine. Um, and you see, you can quickly tell what teams are happy to be there you can quickly tell what teams have been in the Women's College World Series four or five years in a row, and then there's Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is so just night and day different as far as the amount of work you guys pack into every minute because of the coaching staff has been there, done that, got 5,000 rings and all the T-shirts you could want. It, it's one of those uh, – it's impressive. And I'm sure, too, for you guys, uh, Coach Gasso never super content early in the season. She knows it's a, it's a long haul. You mm-hmm. want to be playing your best softball in June – not in february but also i imagine that she goes through everything she's like i would like to flag that and Mm -hmm. that and we're going to talk about this and Mm -hmm. that on top of having a bunch of teams to prepare for
2: oh yeah i had two binders by the end of the season so (laughs) and i'm not i'm not even kidding like i had a thick binder and i had to buy another one for all of my notes so i think like that just buys into that preparation that everyone prepares you for
1: eight days away it's crazy to think that uh we're that close but uh Your first show. Congrats. You did it. Thank you. Hope it wasn't too bad. (laughs) We'll be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. We'll be back virtually every Wednesday. Stay tuned with us. February is going to be super simple. There's one or two spots here or there when OU plays a Wednesday midweek game or something like that. They'll be shuffled around. But Wednesday nights, 8 to 9 p.m., Road to OKC, that's the spot to be. Alex Drock will be with me all year long. Alex, thanks so much for putting up with me. I'm Brian Chapman. Shout out to Dave Meyer for doing a great job keeping us on air here That'll do it for us here, though. We'll talk to you guys next Wednesday when we're 24 hours away under that, way under that, <laughs> until OU Softball gets going, looking for their fourth straight title in 2024. You'll be able to listen all that all year long here on The Franchise where you're sound for senior sports, including the best spot, the only place you can stream OU Softball worldwide. That's here on The Franchise. But coming up on the other side, we got v Sin to take you home until we return for The Franchise Morning Show at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. We'll talk to you guys.